Welcome to another episode of Living Life with Passion and Purpose. I am your host, Praise Matamali. On this Gross Chat episode, I will be talking to Karen Nari. Karen is a Zimbabwean wife, business professional, and philanthropist. She's a chartered accountant, certified internal auditor, and risk management assurance consultant with experience working in consulting internationally and for different companies across various sectors. She's the founder of Zim Fine Arts, a community which collaborates with Zimbabwean artists to help promote local art internationally. She's also the creator and host of The Obum, a podcast series which discusses issues affecting African women. Join us as we talk about how she does things. so much Karen for joining us on our girls chat. I am so excited to have you here and to just talk to you and get your perspective on how you do things. So Karen can you just start by introducing yourself to our podcast listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up and how did you come to America? Great. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited. I'm a fan. So it's going to be weird listening to myself on your podcast. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, my name is Karen Nari. I grew up in a small little town called Triangle near an area. Some people don't even know it's there and even people in Zimbabwe. It's a small town close to Chirezi in the Mm -hmm. low field of Zimbabwe. So it's a sugar town. They make sugar there. Lots of sugar cane. Grew up there. I went to primary school there, then went to boarding school. After my boarding school, I then went to university in South Africa, studied Mm -hmm. to to accounting with the goal of becoming a chartered accountant. Some hiccups on the way, lots of fun in university, failure along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Almost giving up, but eventually then made it, uh, got my degree. After I got my degree, I spent a year trying to figure out what I was going to do. Um, no jobs. It was Zimbabwe. Very hard to get mm-hmm. jobs. So here I am applying for roles. Nothing is coming up. I decide, I think a month in, I, I realized, you know what? I'm speaking to people. There are no jobs. And people are like, you won't even get a response. You know how it is. Everyone's so negative. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I might as well start doing something instead of waiting. So I then decided to be, open up my own business, Kachisadza, let's put it that way. Wow. I, <laughs> some people are like to me, oh, you had a canteen. I was what, 20, 22, 23, I would say. Oh, wow. How brave. So I opened up my little Sadza place and I remember a man coming to the place where we were. So in our little town, my family was very popular. My parents mm-hmm. had jobs in the town. So it's very mm-hmm. rare to find Munanova from a stable household deciding to do kasadza or let alone kavenda store. And yeah. I remember a man coming and standing and showing Wanawake and being like, uh-huh. accounting graduate from South Africa. Wow. So I would literally, I remember that day I was like, yeah, the, the times are tough, but I was like, you know what? I need to start looking for a job. <laughs> so, so what did you do for a place to it was pretty fancy, to be honest, compared to the average, let's call it vendor. Dangantine, I sold like burgers, chips, wow. um, or fries, is what we call them here. <laughs> fries, uh, what else? Hot dogs, sausage rolls. But the most popular thing was Sata, because obviously 
people, lunchtime rush at work and so on, most of your customers really wanted Sadza. So it turns out, yeah, it ended up being a Sadza place and people used to call me, I called it Chihera's roller coaster, but they didn't yeah. get the my Africans. <laughs> I told them, I say the rest of the names. <laughs> Chihera. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah awesome. so how many employees did you have then i had two imagine i was a whole employer which wow great, but at the same time i learned a lot because you know one moment you're making sales you do my sales of like i don't know 100 or 120 dollars which was maybe more than you'd get in one day and mm-hmm. then your employee comes and says ah, you're like oh because <laughs> you're not making much of a profit when you're managing yeah. a business especially at that scale it was a very small like your profit margins are like maybe a dollar at most wow so literally you have to push a lot of sales but i mean in sim at the time mm-hmm. it was pretty good if you got enough traffic it was mm-hmm. enough to survive at the end of the month if you're left with like maybe a good 400 700 thousand that's good money so literally your employer, your employee would see it and be like, ah, or oh, one day, for example, I'll give you a great example. My employee didn't show up for work. No. And, <laughs> and then she was the one I because Oh my gosh. <laughs> exactly the big pot. So I had to learn. I remember that was the first time and then I got a big pot. And I almost cried and I had one of my comas come. <laughs> and I'm coma would do my gardens. He came and then he saw me in the garage. I was like, ah, I can't deal. Like, <laughs> and he taught me and eventually I could do it myself. But yeah, wow. these were the little learning experiences. And sometimes you'd have the authorities coming. Zimra would come and be, try and clamp you down and be like, tax, even though you're supposed to be paying like a vendor tax, because mine was the fancier looking one. They'd be like, I am. She could have my registration papers, all this stuff that you wouldn't have. So it was interesting, but I think the biggest lesson was learning how to deal with people because wow, that that's, was my first life so lesson. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So I did that for a bit. Someone who owes you a dollar, you're going to trace your dollars. <laughs> Because some people buy on credit and you yeah. go and be like, I need my money but back. But well, I'm a credit. I'm a customer. That's just the nature of the business. Plus you're competing. So I learned this stuff as I went because initially I didn't yeah. give credit. Then you meet a random vendor or one day you're like, why am I sales so low? So yeah. ah, Kuna Mining, you is now selling chicken down the road. She's also yeah. doing it as a place. Then you'd be like, okay. So if I extend wow. credit, then people will start buying. So all these little lessons and nuances that I learned, eventually getting advice from people. I remember at some stage, I then had people approaching me being like, can you open up a restaurant? And then coincidentally that year, I got an offer for a job with uh, one of the big four consulting firms and okay. basically decided, okay, I need to focus on that now. So decided i'm going to go back on track i wanted to be a chartered accountant which is the equivalent of a cpa here okay so i then remember it was the first time i had franchised out my little business so i had someone come in and take over at that stage i'd also gone into telecoms um mm-hmm. what they call econet stalls they're basically okay. small little um franchisees of telecoms communication booths and then i started that so i also had to get someone to take that over for 
that time being, then eventually got rid of the business and sold them off. But it, it was, it was a great experience, but I mean, I was glad when I got my job because mm -hmm. after doing this year and a bit of, you know, being in the streets, vending and so on, trying to sell, I realized, oh my gosh, a salary is such a great thing. Like it's just mm -hmm. nice to go to work. Even when you're tired and you don't put a hundred percent, you still get your salary at the end of the month. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you've actually had this entrepreneurial spirit before let go. Yeah, I mean I've tried other stuff, but I'll say this was the most solid thing that I've tried that I did continuously because it was proper I would be up at like 4 a.m. and then close down at like 6 p.m. Wow. So it, it was great, but you know, work is nicer. It's someone else makes the tea, everything yeah. get to work, everything's there, you're given your laptop. <laughs> You get to dress up. I couldn't dress up when I was doing my own business. So that was, <laughs> that was different. Then, so I then did my, started training, we called them an articles program with um, mm -hmm. one of the big four firms, accounting firms, and then qualified as a chartered accountant, then got married. And my husband, who was now based here in Houston, mm -hmm. Texas, I then moved over to join him here and then started working uh, in consulting as well as in industry and recently relocated to Arkansas and became a student and a housewife. So I've had some interesting, um, how do I call this, stops in my journey, like different little places that I've been at. And I'm, I'm always like, oh, we're always evolving. <laughs> wow. So, so really, you're not that far away from me. Arkansas, yeah. that's stayed over. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah. No, that's, <laughs> you're also I'm, in the Midwest. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm in the south because I'm in Mississippi. Uh -huh. Oh, I so, see. Yeah, so I actually drive out to Roger, Arkansas, pretty frequently. Oh, that's pretty close. That's like 15, 10 minutes away from here. Really? Very. So next time you're here, we should do coffee. Yes, <laughs> for sure. I will. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so what's your role now? So now you're in school? I'm currently and in school and I'm also doing consulting. I, re I was housewifing recently, recently went back and started doing my consulting again. So that's been exciting. Wow. So I am, um, I used to be a closeted housewife, uh -huh. but because, you know, it's like when you, when you have a regular nine to five, whatever, well, mine is <laughs> yes. nine to five, but yours is like <laughs> nine to any time. <laughs> when you have a regular job, you know, it's like mm -hmm. you kind of feel feel bad for saying oh I'm a housewife because yeah it's like you know the housewives will be like well you don't really belong in our club <laughs> so I was like a closeted housewife but now I am like totally a housewife <laughs> yes. if I'm not at work I am doing housewifey stuff yes like I really I, I just really enjoy it like and it's funny because my son you know the other day he was we went grocery shopping and so I was like, ah, oh, because I normally don't like go going grocery shopping for the fact that I don't like to take things out of the yeah. car into the house. And so he was like, but mom, you have us. You don't need to do all that. You're, <laughs> you're, you're the manager, so you don't need to do the work. That's good for him. <laughs> you raised him well. You know? And so I was like, you know what? I think that's what I like about housewifing. Mm -hmm. Like being the manager of the home managing everything making sure everything is 
is done, making sure people have done their laundry, making <laughs> sure people have, have, if they're on duty to make dinner, making sure they have, <laughs> making sure, you know, just walking around, making sure everybody has made their beds. It's like two o'clock yes. in the afternoon, you know? So I just really love the, the, that the feel. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, I enjoyed it. And, and worse, like for me, we, we don't have kids yet. So literally, yeah. it was just me doing whatever I want. Me <laughs> eating, eating whatever I want. <laughs> We're literally just on my schedule. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So what, so what are you studying now? So I'm doing my master's in accounting now. So that's basically i did it to fill the gap when we relocated i was like oh i need something to do i'm one of those people who loves to fill up i don't know what's wrong with me i'm learning now i'm like you know it's good to just be still the bible even says be still what's this thing this habit of mine of trying to fill up spaces the moment there's a gap i try to fill it up i'm like literally this is the time you should be using for yourself (laughs) yeah so i am with you because i have to find i always have something to be doing yeah you will find those moments of stillness you know even in your busy packed schedule because i also believe that i also really take that parable of the talent seriously very seriously (laughs) and i feel like you know we are given all these talents Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we have to use it and use everything up. And so if you're not filling your time using up those talents, then what's the point, right? That's profound. So it's okay. So fill up, fill up, fill up. You will find. <laughs> I'm <those> glad. <laughs> You've inspired me. I'm glad. I, I feel motivated now. <laughs> so recently, I was binging on your podcast, The Old yes. But yes. tell me a little bit about that. What, what brought it on? What, what made you decide to do this podcast? Mm-hmm. And what is it about? So the Ovum basically is a platform that we've established for women with a couple of friends to try and have women share their personal journeys, particularly African women, because you feel like their stories are so different. It's, it's not mm-hmm. very dissimilar to what you're doing. But I'll say when we first started initially, I was speaking to a friend. I'd been wanting to podcast for a while and I was ready to go. I just didn't know what I wanted to talk about. So I'm speaking to a friend and she's like, you know, we've all had these issues, fibroids and so on. I think me and her had both had fibroids. So we're like, we Mm -hmm. both had fibroids. We struggled a lot and there's a lot of information that we could give out there. Imagine when we're in the rural areas, they don't have access to information. So we're like, oh, oh, yeah, actually, I think I was planning to podcast. I think we can do something and then eventually try and diversify and basically come up with something that would be suitable, that would reach one Marukuma rural areas. Uh, we wow. haven't gotten there yet, but we have the plan and strategy in place now. So we then speak, reach out to a few of our friends, two of our friends. One was like, oh, I've had endometriosis. I was speaking to her and I was like, hey, listen, would you like to come on to this uh, thing we're planning to do? Yeah, or like the podcast. She's like, "Yeah, great. Let's let's go for it." And then basically, that's how the ovum came about. So wow. we basically we're still fairly new. I'd say we took forever. Yeah, like Africans to implement. Other <laughs> <laughs> day, we're like, guys, our one year birthday is coming up, and I was like, what? We only had like two episodes in 2020. <laughs> no, you had more. I thought you had more. I don't know. I- okay, maybe more. At least seven episodes. 
no we're now on seven in 2021 oh, okay. but <laughs> so we're literally like oh my gosh you came up with all this groundwork and we need to start like hitting the ground but anyway so we literally i would say we've been around for well up may will be our birthday but oh, wow. technically we are fresh in the actual podcast itself so well that's, that's the over. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that you guys will continue to grow and continue to, to put out content because it's great. And yeah. that was, for me, one of the, the reasons why I wanted to start my podcast was just mm -hmm. a place for, for us to just yeah. talk, for our stories to be heard, for us mm -hmm. to talk about things that affect us regular common everyday issues that affect us you know True. so it's like just little things like budgeting or mm -hmm. housekeeping how do you clean your oven how do mm -hmm. you, you know those kinds those of little tips like, yeah because i i don't have you know exactly especially <laughs> so being out like, here <laughs> yeah so it's like just having that where you just talk with others and say okay this is how i do things and this is what works for me because you'll yeah. be surprised how much it's so helpful to somebody else what you think it is truly just is for you is helpful to somebody else i agree because i know one of the driving reasons i was like when i had my five boys or whenever i've had issues there's so much that you i end up learning by having to look for like facebook groups of late i'm like oh so many people are coming up with facebook groups but yeah. i'm like if I had not dug deep or asked some of the women in these groups for advice, I wouldn't have known. So yes. I was like, and I'm always saying it's, it would be good if people within our community shared their experiences or you knew who to go to for certain things, which is why podcasting is great. And it's a new thing because it's like you listen to a woman and you're like, okay, so yep. next time I experience this, I need to talk to this person. Right. When you're speaking to someone else, you're like, and we've experienced on the ovum you're like listen to someone else and you were like okay i'm looking for a doctor do you know and then they'll recommend because you basically found someone who shares your story absolutely and that's the thing because you know fibroids disproportionately affect um women of african origin mm -hmm. than anybody else and it's such a big problem because it affects your your reproductive system as a whole oh. Mm -hmm. when it comes to you know pregnancies and things like that so it's like having to have somebody that you can talk to who's like hey i experienced this this is what worked for me why don't you talk to this person why don't you because sometimes you don't realize there are different options to exactly. deal with your problem exactly yeah wow so what inspires you every day what gets you getting up every morning I think for me, it's my family and yeah. my country. Um, one of the things, particularly when I moved here, that I realized was that I owe it to my ancestors to succeed. I owe it to my grandparents and the legacy that they've built. And for a lot of times, like when you look at our communities, we lost so much, particularly for us Black people from Africa. We lost so much. Our ancestors had very little to pass on to us. Mm -hmm. Some of it, for the most part, no fault of their own. A lot of yeah. it was taken from them. So I'm like, it would be good for me to leave a legacy for my children and yeah. also to change the narrative, give our people more options, give them a step ahead. So literally when I wake up in the morning, anything I do, I do it because of my family. What are you passionate about? I would say I'm passionate about women. 
Yeah. I'm passionate about communities. I would say I'm a philanthropist at heart. Yeah. Um, I'm the founder of what we call Holding Hands in Africa. You can look it up on Facebook, where we basically bring people together from different communities, groups of people who want to just give within Zimbabwe. I was very active when I was in Zim. So mm-hmm. I'm very big on giving back. I'm one of those people who can't just listen to someone's pro- I'm always saying to my friends, don't tell me your problem if you don't want to yeah. fix because I can't, I'm not, I'm not a therapist. It's not my gift. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fixer. <laughs> so literally, I, I literally, uh, I'm just one of those people who loves to give, who gets joy from helping people. I guess my love language is acts of service. That's yeah. probably. <laughs> so is your group still there the holding hands what is it called holding hands in africa in africa it's still there we haven't been as active as we would like to be and we are unfortunately winding up soon because we've decided that um it's hard to maneuver particularly since i moved away yeah. we don't really have anyone on the ground in zimbabwe to do the execution but, but i mean we've had a good run we've been active for about four or five years now oh so, wow it's been a good it's been a good one is there any way you can you can turn it into a non-profit and continue the work from here because yeah having more i feel like you'd have more resources from here to be able to actually move it forward i know it's hard when you don't really have anybody on the ground running it Mm -hmm. but there has to be a way that you can marry that and integrate that that's true. I mean, we've thought about it and we're, we're currently thinking about it, like exploring our options. But to be honest, it's been, it's been harder than we thought initially. Oh, wow. So we're like, okay, we'll leave, we'll do it. Yeah. But, it's, yeah. but we've, we still do projects at least once a year. We've managed okay. to in the past two years that I've been here. So. Wow. So tell me a little bit about your daily routine. Like what, what do you do now that you're, you've got so many other things going on? You're uh, in school, you still have to manage your home. <laughs> so what's your typical day like? Oh, wow. It's, it's hectic. I would say, I don't know. My days are never the same, yeah. which is great because that's why I chose the career that I'm in. I didn't want to be an ordinary accountant. That's why I don't do normal chartered accountant stuff. <laughs> I'm more in consulting. So every day is different. Um, one day you wake up, you have meetings, um, work. Other days you don't. I'm trying to learn how to eat breakfast. So (laughs) actually recently discovered overnight oats, which is great because I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Like someone should have told me. I just put it in a jar. I wake up, I I eat that. Um, I end my days usually with an exercise of sorts. So either it's I'm walking or I'm doing 30 minutes of whatever cardio or hit just to stay active. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I only started exercising, I'll say about a year ago. <laughs> wow. It was my 2020 resolution. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a breakfast person. I don't eat breakfast. But, you know, because my mom used to always want to force us to eat breakfast, but I was never the kid who could eat breakfast. And I've never just really been able to eat breakfast. Like before a certain point, uh-huh. I can eat after 10 a.m., but anything earlier than that, I'm not able to. That's me. That's, that's me, definitely. I struggle with eating early. But I'm not hungry. That's the problem. I wake up and yeah. I'm not hungry. So I'm like, I can't force it. <laughs> no, so it's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about um, how you view failures. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you've run your own businesses. You know what that is like. You 
you've worked in the corporate world, you know what that is like, and now you're consulting. So it's not always 100% peaches and cream. There are times when failures happen. How do you view failures and how do you deal with your failures? I don't know. For me, failure is pretty normal, to be honest. I failed most things, at least even my career, I failed so many times to get here. (laughs) (laughs) But I would say in Tinenaro, I'm very stubborn. So I'm always like, ah, if someone else can do it, I can do it. And to be honest, I mean, the, the becoming a child accountant in Zimbabwe already mm-hmm. has a 30% pass rate. So wow. we, knew, we knew when we started the journey that we we're going to fail at some stage. We will all fail. So I think that helps. And generally in life since then, whether you, it's failing to get the job that you want to get, whether it's whatever, what I've noticed is that God's plan is always the master plan. Somehow, when you think you failed, it's for a reason. Wow. When you really look back and you're like, okay, if I hadn't failed at this, like, for example, I would give my school, if I hadn't failed university, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gone to the school where I then re- reconnected with my husband. And then oh, wow. we started talking again. And that's how I ended up getting married to him. Because <laughs> literally, our paths would have never crossed, for example. And yeah. then you look at certain things, certain jobs. I remember telling my friend the other day that there's a job, Yeku this company that sells mattresses here in America, we all know that company, (laughs) but basically I didn't even want that interview, but I went for the interview because I I was just fresh out of Zimbabwe, got to the interview. And then the interviewer was like, to me, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you. I think I was like two minutes late. And he's like, "Um, we'll have to reschedule this for another day. We just can't have this today. And I was so upset. I remember crying. I was like, because <laughs> you know, you just come from Africa. Everyone's like, oh, it's so hard. Yeah. But surprisingly, because they didn't give me that interview, I think a week later I had my offer, like multiple offers waiting and I was able to choose. So I was like, God just knows yeah. where you need to be and why certain things need to happen at a certain point in time. We don't realize it at that point why he's working his plans out the way he is but literally what often feels like failure is just probably a detour or a delay or him leading you somewhere else for a reason wow so following up on that how do you conquer your fears because even though you seem to me like you're pretty fearless because you're very brave (laughs) but i know deep inside that there are moments when excuse me you feel like Oh my gosh, am I, can I really do this? And you have that, you know, that fear. How do you get past it? Well, I'm scared every day of every little <laughs> thing. <laughs> to be honest, firstly, you just fake it sometimes, particularly. <laughs> like in my work, we're always talking to clients. Some of them might be very intimidating. Like yeah. you're like, you feel so small in front of them, but you, you can't show them you're small because they're paying you to do their work and they want to believe that you're competent. Right. So you literally just initially fake it. But I always say to people, confidence or what do you, faith itself is exercise it's like the way we exercise in our bodies physically mm-hmm. these traits are things that you exercise the more you do something the more you become more confident and believe in yeah. yourself because you're putting yourself in uncomfortable situations often eventually you become less i would say i won't say you will become calm but you become less uncomfortable because it's something you're continue, consistently practicing So I think that's how I deal with my fears. I just do it. And then eventually it's not as bad. And eventually you don't even notice you're doing it. 
it seems like, oh, wow, you're so bold, but it's just you consistently exercising this faith. That is so powerful. So powerful because it's like just putting faith and fear together. Mm-hmm. That I look at it as, as, as a coin, you know, different sides yeah. of the same coin. Because when you, it, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have fear, but you have to have faith. That's and true. So if, whenever you have that fear, just flip the coin <laughs> and you know it will be fine. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> Following up on that, <laughs> what does your faith mean to you? Yeah, it means everything. My mom always says that I was one of the children, well, of the children with three of us <laughs> who had faith. She's like, oh, that one thing I've always admired about you is, is you really believe in God and you really. Yeah believe you'll come through for you even in situations that adults would be like ah just be like (laughs) let it go it's not happening but I really genuinely I'm just I mean I believe in God I believe in faith and I believe in myself because of God so it means a lot to me I don't know for example I tried therapy recently Mm -hmm. like about six months ago and it wasn't for me. And these days, everyone's like, oh, I'll try therapy. It's perfect for you. And I was like, therapy really was not for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like my Christian journey, faith, and sharing with people who understand my faith works mm-hmm. better for me than therapy does. And I'm like, to each their own. Because right, some, some people right. need it. Others deal with, with it differently. And I felt like I'm one of those people. So to me, my faith is everything because it keeps me sane. Wow. Yeah, I totally agree. What lessons can you teach us about valuing yourself? I don't know. I think you just, one of the things that has made me value myself more is learning to, and this is advice I got from one of my aunt's friends when I was was still working, because I was one of those people who, because I failed so much, I never celebrated myself. Yeah. I'll just be like, ah. Yeah, everyone be like, oh, my Kurokoto, you did so well. And I'm like, yeah, but at the seventh try, like, don't it, like, can you not just right. say, it? let's just pretend I passed with everyone the first time. Yeah. Then she's like, no, you need to celebrate your achievements. You need to basically celebrate yourself. You need to be your biggest cheerleader and memorialize those moments in your life when you do good or achieve your goals. Because at the end of the day, it makes you appreciate yourself, how hard you've worked to be here and the journey and I've, I've basically learned to do that now even more every little thing you're like got promoted at work you get yourself a little gift you spoil yourself you basically allow your friends because sometimes we're like oh it's nothing you're like no allow yeah. your friends to take you out for dinner allow your friends to put it on that group when you're like don't tell people <laughs> it's not that big a deal let them do it because it makes you value and appreciate yourself your yeah. achievements and who you are as a person at the end of the day, I feel like as you learn to love yourself, self-affirmations are another thing. And as you learn to love yourself and respect yourself, it's, I don't know, the way you carry yourself is completely different. Right. And as a child, I was very humble. I mean, I was extremely humble, very Zimbabwean. Humble. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> it's a Zimbabwean thing. Humbleness. Catch on, I it too much. <laughs> <laughs> cut it too much. And timid. It's, I don't know. I was very timid, always scared around people. And certain things you're like, oh, I don't want to say it because it seems like I'm arrogant. Yes. Or it just seems like I'm proud. But I'll be honest, one thing when I did move to America, that was the one thing I noticed that people are very bold and fierce. They're not afraid to 
to say their achievements when you're in a meeting and someone will be like, I did this, 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 even though you did as a team, they'll be like, I did this, right. this, this. So I'm like, okay, I have to learn how to speak about myself positively and how to, cause no one's going to do it for you. No yeah. one's ever going to say in a meeting, Oh, we worked on this together. They'll say I, for the most part. So you also need to learn how to say I and value your work, value your, what, what you bring to the table and how you contribute. That's, that is so important to value yourself, value your work, value what you bring to the table and value your contribution. That is like perfectly mm-hmm. said. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so what does it mean to you to walk in your purpose? What is my purpose? And one of the mistakes I feel like I always felt was I always thought my job or what I'm doing every day or who I am is my purpose. But I'm like, right. I am my purpose, like what I, who I am as an individual and how I conduct myself in everything holistically yes. is my purpose. So, because wow. I would feel like, ah, but my job is not fulfilling me. All I do is just walk in and just talk to these big corporations and these directors and business managers, oh, you should fix this, this, this. This is how you can do this better, but it serves no one when I'm doing yeah. it. But then I realized, no, I myself in everything, as I talk to people every single day, as I interact with them, as a child of God, as a Christian, I am living out my purpose and I'm supposed to be serving God. And literally, I am the reflection in all areas within those wow. companies and how I interact. And I mean, one of the things that changed me was I worked with a girl who was very strong as a Christian mm-hmm. and she was not shy. And for me, I feel like when I worked in professional services, you don't just walk around talking about God or you just mm-hmm. don't, you don't put that in front because religion is just not a thing. It's not professional. <laughs> you don't bring it. We have different religions, but seeing someone actively living their faith one moment I remember a girl who I didn't even think was a Christian mm-hmm. mentioned how her grandmother passed away and she just stood up and she was like, Karen, do you want to go with me and let's go pray for her and talk to her? And I was like, ah, pray, where? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, in here now, cubicle. I was like, okay. And afterwards, and I'm like, so I don't know. I admire what she did. I don't know how you did that. And she's like, you are a Christian. Why are you waiting to get a job that makes you right. feel like you're serving? You're serving even in the little things. You're serving even when you're interacting with people. You're showing his glory. So live within your purpose in everything you're doing. The small little things. Because someone is watching and you're teaching someone something. And I was like, wow. Absolutely. And that's basically what I've learned now. Like literally in every little thing, I am living out my purpose. Wow, I love that so much. So, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it, it's, it, it can be hard because you're like, okay, so you have to be professional and you, you, you cannot be putting your faith out there. For me, everybody knows, knows this is, yes. this is, this is how I am. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because sometimes um, I feel like, you know, when you meet other Christians, right? Mm-hmm. Even though, like, I think it's only like, probably like 30% of the world population is Christian. That's yeah. not a very big number. It's not. That's a, that's a pretty small number. And so when you think about it that way in a group, when you're in a group of 10, three out of those 10 people are going to be Christian. Mm-hmm. And you know, we are all Christians at different levels. Some people still say that they're Christians, but just because they grew up as Christian, but they don't really actively practice or yes. actively they just know that there's a God and that's the extent of it. 
So, you know, it's like, it's a spectrum. And for me, people ask me, so how did you get through your difficult times? How did you get to be where you're at? How did you get this? And I always preface by telling them for me, because I am a Christian, mm -hmm. this is what worked for me. Yeah. Because it's, it's hard for me to tell you how I got to, my, to where I am now without putting God in it. Because exactly. to me, I didn't get here without God. Yeah. You know? So even though it's like, it, it could be a, a forum that's not a Christian forum where forum. I'm talking, I will, I will still preface by saying, for me, this is what worked for me because mm -hmm. I am a Christian. And I know there are people who are not a Christian, who are not Christians, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but for me, this is what worked because I can't tell you that I was able to get through that divorce by yeah. myself because I didn't. I can't mm -hmm. tell you that I got the strength from meditation because to me, that's not what worked for me. That's, yeah. you know, to me, what worked was my faith in God and God literally picking me up and helping me. So it does make it hard sometimes, you know, to, to integrate your faith with your, with your, with your work, mm -hmm. with your profession. And I noticed that with, in my case with patients, uh -huh. I don't know if it's maybe my name or maybe they've Googled me before coming to see me, but <laughs> <laughs> for the Christian patients, they bring up God to mm -hmm. me. Then I can say something because they brought it up. Yeah. I don't bring it up to them, but then, you know, a lot of times they will ask me, oh, doc, do you believe in God? And, yeah. and I'll say, yes, I do. Or they'll say, doc, do you believe in prayer? And I'll say, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And then they'll say, well, you know, my family's praying for me. I would like if you would pray for me too. And we'll That's be praying beautiful. for you. You know? And yeah. so I feel like that is so, that is so powerful. And if, I don't know if you have the same sense where it's like, there's this comfort level with other Christians it is. That, you have, that you don't have with other people. It's so true because it comes naturally. You just feel like they can understand even your principles, the way you make certain decisions, even your behavior. I know like when I first moved here, people were like, yeah, too nice. But yeah. those who are Christians didn't see, they never That's saw normal. it that way. It was normal. It's like people are supposed to be polite and nice. They're supposed to not curse. They're like, you never curse. I'm like, I am I supposed to? <laughs> I know, but I'm like, am I supposed to? Like, what's your problem? <laughs> what uh, does it mean to you to be an African woman? And, and I did not say Zimbabwean specifically. Yes. African. That's a loaded question. <laughs> oh, I feel like being an African woman is like being superwoman, especially now, yeah. because there's so much that we need to fight. A lot of people like in modern economies will say um, the patriarchal system is pretty bad, but in Africa, it's, it's way worse. Uh, women are having to juggle between trying to keep culture and cultural values alive, as well as just trying to still be modern, trying to still be a mom, a professional woman, still come home and be the one to cook every single meal, still come home and be the one to do laundry and ironing the exact way their husband wants and have breakfast sets in the morning. And it's, it's exhausting, to be honest. I won't say I'm glad in my marriage I haven't had to juggle all of that, but I was brought yeah. up to believe that that's how I need to be. I need to be number one in school and still be able to cook, clean, 
and take off my husband's shoes and oh, goodness. does nothing all day. <laughs> so I feel like that's just how we're raised. African woman to yep. me means superwoman because even when I see our mothers, they've basically had to do it all and still be sane, still show up every single day with a smile on their faces and carry themselves with grace. So oh. that's just the African woman to me. <laughs> wow. And my last question to you, which is the question I ask everybody, mm-hmm. who are two women, dead or alive, that, you, that really inspire you, that you would want to have dinner with, if you could, and just learn from? Okay. So I'll pick two. One is being someone I know, one is being someone I admire. So okay. the first one is my mother. Mm-hmm. She is, and I know it's so cliche, <laughs> but I mean that that's usually our greatest influence. Yes. So I would say it's my mom. I admire her strength and her sacrificing and just who she is. I mean, if I wouldn't have made it as far as I did in my career or even in school without her from making sure we, were, we went to extra lessons over the holidays. I didn't have no more holidays like a kid. We had <laughs> tutoring every holiday from the first day to the last so wow. she get us personal tutors. We'd go one-on-one. She didn't even want classrooms. She'd be like one-on-one with the teachers. Back to back. Spend our, that's how we spent our vacation sometimes. Unless we were doing something fun or, or visiting someone. And literally even from making sure, she's a superwoman. Making sure mm-hmm. we're fed, cleaned, ironed, cleans everything. Even when we're not in the mood. She supported our, my career. Even when I first started working. She was the woman who was there to encourage me to be like, listen, study hard. When she'd come over, she'd cook for the whole week because sometimes I'd be working long hours. And she would cook and make sure I have enough food left over (laughs) when she leaves town because she lives in a different town. So she'd come over, make sure everything's done. And she's she's basically been a rock of support. I've watched her. She even sacrificed not going to university Mm -hmm. so that her siblings could go to university so she could start working and put them through school. And then wow. eventually when I was now in high school, she decided to get her degree because she was like, there's no way I can tell my kids to go and get their degrees if I don't have a degree. Yeah. So she wow. went, made sure she put herself back in university. And I mean, that's some, she's a woman I've always admired. So that's my mother. Then the second one is a lady in Zimbabwe called Fadzai Mahere. She's mm. an advocate. She's a human rights activist as well. And I admire her strength because to me, she seems like a woman who's polished, who's got it all together. The money's there. She looks pretty. She's beautiful. And yet she puts herself in the line of fire all the time for our country. Wow. Which is something I don't think I would be able to do. But when I look at her, I'm like, how does someone of her stature mm-hmm. be willing to put themselves in this line of fire, get arrested at times? Um, have people persecute her one moment you know how it is with masses one moment they're supporting you the most they're pulling you down and I'm like this woman is just strong and she often has a lot of wisdom and wise nuggets to share and she's often expressed that she's more than willing to do this for her country and it's a sacrifice she's willing to do just so that our future generations can have it better and easier so I admire her because I feel like she's one woman who doesn't have to do what she's doing but she does it it. oh that's awesome well thank you so much i just really enjoyed talking to you and i hope to bring you back sometime again yes 
I thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for being such faithful listeners to the podcast. This concludes our interview series. We are going to be starting a Bible study series and we'll be starting with the book of Luke. And it will be once a week um, episodes, sometimes covering one chapter, sometimes two, depending on how long the chapters are. So I look forward to sharing with you guys what I will be learning and um, we'll also be having the Bible studies live on Friday nights from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Time. So if you're interested, just let me know and we'll send you a Zoom link. Thanks again. Looking forward to chatting with you guys next week.